Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now look at me. Back to your man, and now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if you play Guild Wars 2, he can have rippled abs like me. You're in a square, swooning to your heart's content as he becomes vicariously like me. You won't help but pan your camera all around him. Kissing your monitor will never be so gratifying, and when he goes to bed at night, you can stare at his AFK ass all night long. I'm on a horse. Why am I on a horse? There's no need for this horse. I can map out of here. I love awesome. this. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> Why, hello and welcome to the Relics of War broadcast. This is the podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community on the whole. My name is Ryan, some people know me as Cole, and with me here today are the likes of uh, the Kiwi, who is also known as Christian S. Preston Esquire. Hi there. <laughs> He's C-Squirrel Run, uh, the mashup guy, as you all know. Hey, just real quick, could you say this for me? It's time for the weekly mashup. It's time for the weekly mashup. I love it. It actually has kind of like a Pavlov effect where people actually feel like, ah, oh, the end of the show, but it's not. What the hell? Anyway, <laughs> also with us today, we have Indy from GuildFans.com. Hey there. And also, Tiger with Secret Agent Cat. Tiger Feet. I always call you Tiger. I gotta be formal here. Tiger Feet with SecretAgentCat.com. Hey, Tiger's fine. Okay, so you're Tiger. Tiger Feet's just the full name. You know what's funny is whenever I'm on vent with you, it seems like my son Uriah chooses... It's this weird kid's show with these dogs, and one of the dogs' name is Tiger, and they all sound real English, so he's like, Hello, Tiger. I seem to have spots on my face. But anyway, I'll like hit the button to start talking to you, and the guy goes, Hello, Tiger. And I'm like, I wanted to think I said that, so I'm letting off the button. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay, that was totally irrelevant. Anyway, um, so what's happened this past week for you guys? pre-order Dragon's Age 2, so I can play the demo on February 22nd. Very nice. I'm excited. I want to try the first one out, too. You've got to. It's a great game. I hear the character customization is muy bueno. Yes. Yes, it is. It's okay. I mean, I've just started playing it. It's cool. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the single-player stuff like that. Like, um, it reminds me a lot of Neverwinter Nights. Oh, okay. See, the only art... The way like MMO type game that really wasn't an MMO that I've ever played was uh, Oblivion. It was kind of nice, but people were everyone looked at me real creepy. Like the way they they made the characters, their eyes would stare at you like they intended to kill you, even though they were your friends. <laughs> but uh, um, how about you, Christian? Anything new? Um. Well, last night I went contra dancing. That was that was different. Contra dancing? <laughs> what, yeah. What's that? I think. Oh, well, it's only the second time I've been, so I'm not exactly 100% sure on the history of it, but it's like an old uh, European or English line dancing type thing. Do you jump over a bunch of logs that are coming at you? <laughs> no. If you've ever played, I'm going to show my age here, but um, there's an old game called Contra, and for part of it you were like running down the chute with these logs that roll at you, and there's these like they have spikes on them. Anyway, this is dumb. Nobody cares. Everyone's <laughs> like, I bet you it's like an 8-bit game, huh? Yep, it was Nintendo. <laughs> Getting old. Um, yeah, but um, we did get some emails this week. For some reason, everybody decided they did want to tell us about the exercise they've been doing. Um, a lot of people out there running, and actually a lot of people do use shake weights, I've come to find out. 
So you you guys got some guts, I've got to say, because I would feel humiliated doing that. That should be in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> yes, it should. <laughs> but nobody had anything to say about the... Wait, no, one guy said he used a slap chop. I actually would use a slap chop. I got to tell you, man, you're going to love my nuts. <laughs> no comment. I have, I have no idea what that is. You don't know I don't say... think I want to know. Oh, man, you got to Google for a slap chop. It's, it's this infomercial. And this guy, you knew that he was going to have people dissecting the whole thing just to make it sound really funny because uh, he just threw little things in that you couldn't possibly put all together accidentally love my nuts. so Watch that it this. could make for such a lewd mashup video. But at part of it, he's like, he's talking about how, yeah, you just slap this down and it chops these nuts right up. You're going to love my nuts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, okay. It's actually a pretty entertaining promo, even if like just the, the raw version of it, because the guy's pretty talented. Like he was able to throw the slap chop behind him and it landed right in the sink. So if yeah. I knew what a slap chop was, that might sound impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, I'm, I can't remember the other things he said, but I probably wouldn't want to say any more about it anyway, because then we'd have to change the rating of this show. But um, <laughs> and nothing else for the past week. Uh, we got a lot of news from ArenaNet, though, so I guess we'll hop right into sequel scuttlebutt. You didn't want to know what I was up to? Oh. I thought Tiger you... the new Chaz. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my husband and I started playing Champions Online a little bit. Oh, but did you see what I put in there for Trader Arcade? Oh, no. Keep I it, haven't read it yet. Keep it on I the bet. down low, lady, because you're going to have okay. time to talk about it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, let's hop right into Sequel Scuttlebutt, whose name I'm probably going to change in the near future. If you love MMOs, you'll want to check out Guild Wars 2. And if you hate MMOs, you'll really want to check out Guild Wars 2. not want to build the same MMO everyone else uh, I'm going to play as a char, because uh, I want to be a badass. Are you a badass? No, no, I'm not, but I want to be one. Right, so Sequel Scuttlebutt uh, today, or this week was Human Week. It was all about the human race from ArenaNet, and there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, lore buffs will enjoy it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so let's start off with the first thing, which was voices. That was the first thing we heard about. I thought I they really were really enjoyed... good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tiger, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's fine. I was just going to say, I really enjoyed being able to hear children. Oh yeah, that was the... That was the best. Uh, I thought that was the best soundbite. It was so much fun. That I regret nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so often it seems that um, games, MMOs in particular, will neglect putting children into their games, but it just adds so much to the to the immersion of the world and makes it feel so much more alive. I think. I want them to add a kid NPC in the game that looks at you and says, "You got snow on your head." <laughs> You'll have to look up the Relics of War video channel to know what that's about. <laughs> you know, I, I can imagine. We're just going to do this the whole episode, aren't we, Tiger? <laughs> the other thing that I liked about it was there's one soundbite where they're having an argument between Grenth and Melandru about which would win, death or a tree. Yeah. I found it hilarious. I'm voting for death, personally. But I, I don't know. I thought it was like just the variety that they had there. I liked it. Well, the way they were talking about it, it sounded like uh, they were being quite cynical and sarcastic about it. Just the way the way the guy was weighing up. Death, part tree, death, hmm, tough call. Yeah, it's like, I really know this doesn't matter, but it's kind of like if somebody said, who would win in a fight between Buddha or Jesus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And everyone would be like, hmm, well, let's see. <laughs> or those those talks about who would win, who was it between Superman and who? Batman. Batman, yeah. And then, like, really dissect it. It's like, come on, guys. It's obviously Superman. Did you not see the video of Batman trying to play Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe? 
And if you haven't, if you haven't looked that up, it is so good. Getting the crap beat out of me by Catwoman. But um, <laughs> speaking of that game, this ties into voices, actually. I didn't mean to set up the segue at all. And if I hadn't just gone into this little aside, it would have seemed really professional. This is me winning. But anyway, um, there is a voice actress in Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe. She does the part of Catwoman. Her name is PJ Matson. She also did the voice of Lady Sylvanas in WoW. If ArenaNet can get her voice in, I will be so happy. That has got to be one of the coolest voices that has ever been in game voice acting. Does anybody know who I'm, how it sounds, what it's like? Mm-mm, I've never so. heard of her. I'll have to cut uh-huh. it in. I'll cut it into the show. What kind of question is that? Of course we're deploying the plague, as planned. And for a male voice also, back in 2000, there was a game called Deuce X, and there was a guy in that named Walton Simons. The coolest male voice I've ever heard in my life. Like I know who you're talking about, yeah. He yeah. is a badass, isn't he? You take another step forward, and here I am again. Like your own reflection repeated in a hall of mirrors. That makes me one ugly son of a bitch. Have my face get all marked up with bioelectrics. I am the more advanced model, Denton. It's time for you to retire. I have tried. You know all the impersonations I do. No way. <laughs> Cannot do that. <laughs> I'm not even going to try here. Do, I'd look like an idiot. Do um any of you read the Wheel of Time series by Rob- Robert Jordan? Yes, I do. I've read the latest ones, yeah. I found out yesterday that Kekai Kotaki, one of the lead artists for Guild Wars 2, has actually done uh, cover art for those books. Oh, at least I one of them. oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to look that up. I think it might be the um the audiobook version that he did art for. Oh, I, I didn't that know was that. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know that it had different covers. I'll have to look that I up. Didn't, yeah, I didn't either. But I thought that was really neat. I said, yeah, awesome. I just looked it up. The guy's name is Tom Hall. So in case ArenaNet actually listens, PJ Matson and Tom Hall, go ahead, make my day, punk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for voices, that's cool. What I like what ArenaNet's doing with Guild Wars 2 is voices are not just some part of the game that they kind of have to throw in there. They're actually taking pride in... Um, the voices and the, the, the variety of what you hear as you walk around. Like, they want to make it immersive. They don't want to just make it like, oh, if you walk up to this person, he'll say, you know, I got what you need! Instead, as you're walking around, people are having all these conversations about what's going on and things that are completely irrelevant to you. Do you think that the voices will, like, fade in and out, like, as you get closer to them and farther away? I imagine they would, but... That would be mention... nice. That's hoping. Yeah, because they didn't mention anything about that, so... Well, that's... That's the impression I got. I remember a while back there was a, a previous blog on the sounds of uh, Divinity's Reach, and it did seem like um, they were just taking a walk and the, the conversations were fading in and out. So you got snippets, and if you wanted to hear more, I presume you just stand still and you'd keep hearing what the two nearest NPCs are talking about. Okay, okay. I wonder if someone's on a carriage, if there will be like a Doppler effect as they speak to <laughs> That would be exceptional. Whenever I say the word Doppler effect, I think of Sheldon Cooper. Yeah. yeah. I'm the Doppler effect. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I, w- I was hearing some comments about uh, the, the sound clip, especially with the kids, that the way they're talking is maybe too meta, that there are too many uh, references to current pop culture, and that that um, didn't sit well within the Tyrian world. What do you guys think about that? Like, what references to pop culture? I don't... Well, the kids were saying, like, pew-pew, and then... Yeah. By the way, ki- kids don't say pew-pew-pew. That's a complete gamer adult term. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I guess maybe that is what you're referring to, but I thought it was funny. Well, I, 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 
I certainly had no problems um, with it because, I mean, what I thought was that, uh, you know, Tyria, these sound effects exist there and the children are simply imitating the world around them and we're part of that world. So if they imitate us, then it's not. I mean, if you really want to get specific about it, it's not such a big deal. I don't know. The things don't bother me that much. I look at how much meta references there are in other games. Like, for example, WoW has someone named Harris Pilton. So, and I can't <laughs> see ArenaNet. I can't see ArenaNet going that far, being that silly. So, hmm. I don't know. It seems to me like they've, as in Guild Wars, they had every, they had it together. You know, they didn't overload me then, and I kind of trust. I go by their track record, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to push it. They probably just grabbed those small little bits because they thought, hey, some people will think this is funny. And then there's the occasional whiner, of course, that if they find a reason to whine, by God, they're gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so meta. It's now an, an appropriate time to say that that was Ruby from Guildcast. Oh, are you serious? I'm sorry, Ruby. We're going to have to disagree this time. Can't always be flowers and rainbows, damn it. Okay, so uh, let's see. Oh, So she actually said she felt like it was too meta. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to get her on the show so that I can take the piss out of her for it. <laughs> the hell are you thinking? Anyway, th- that was obviously a challenge that kind of you know, goads her into having to come on now because she's going to be gritting her teeth. and. <laughs> so, uh, okay, there were some hints also in some of the articles about this for character creation, and it looks like they are emphasizing the flexibility of proportions and customization of the characters. I wonder if they'll go ahead and go as extreme as Aeon did because you could create some freaky-looking, you know, you're talking about, like, body proportions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if they'll go as far as Aeon did or, or if they'll restrict it a bit more. And I, I don't know if I would really not like that. I mean, I mean, there's pluses and minuses to both. If you have less customization, it feels too cookie cutter. If it's too flexible, well, then that's cool until you run into that guy who decided he wanted to make the fattest, shortest person he could make. and make an his, eight man? Yeah, and his skin is purple, something like that. <laughs> You're like, is that Grimace? Well, I'd so, say... Go ahead. All right. I'd say given the uh, track record and the general um, approach to artists' art and the beautiful world that they're designing, um, we're likely to get a large range of options and then some a range of uh, customization, but within limits so that everything still looks nice, but you can get you know that slight pop belly if you want it, but you aren't going to look like you're about to roll down the street. Yeah. Um. Given a choice, I personally would prefer more freedom of customization as opposed to more limits, just because I've noticed when when you have a more restrictive system, especially with the faces, everybody tends to look of the same look like they're of the same type. Like oh, I well, there's a certain look I like to go for with my humanesque characters, and that usually involves a rather large nose, high cheekbones, very very aquiline features to look very hawk-like. And I've noticed that with the more restrictive systems, you can't really get that, specifically with the nose. They, they want either a button nose or a flat one or a wide one, but they don't usually have bridge options where you can bump out the bridge to something more Romanesque. Am I making any sense? Yeah, so you kind of want them to get let you make a proboscis monkey. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even. Because when they do allow nose options, that's usually what it is. It's just with the tip. They yeah. allow you to 
pull the tip out, but I'm talking about the bridge, and I'm making hand symbols, and no one can, no one can see me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do know what you mean. Yeah, with Ion, I've heard a lot of crap from people about how you can really make some freaky looking really, characters. Yeah, really disgusting characters. But I was able to get my character exactly the way I wanted it to when I played that game. Yeah. So. Well, it's not like you're going to be spending all of your time around, you know, the towns, around everybody else. So if there's a lot of people making ugly characters and you feel like that, I don't know. It's, in my opinion, reality is like that. If you go to Walmart, you would prefer not to see a circus freak show, but you do anyway. So well, if you're in town and you see a bunch of ugly people, well, that's kind of actually reflective of reality. I also believe that the majority of people want their characters to look attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people say, well, you want p- things to reflect reality, but when it comes down to it, this is a, a fantasy game, and a lot of people play for escapism. I know I do, and I want my avatar to look attractive to me. So what I found is that even in Ion, you can create some really crazy characters, but on the whole, I didn't see them maybe once in a very great while. It's like your main character is the good-looking one, and then when you want to screw around, you mm-hmm. have your freaky-looking ones. Yeah. Well, see, that's what's enticing about what the Silvari... I get this impression the Silvari is going to be the race where you can be a little weird, but also good-looking at the same time. At least I'm hoping for that. But if not, I actually have been thinking I probably will go human, because here's the thing. When it comes to other MMOs, I've been conditioned to be turned off to humans. Because, you know, and wow, they're mulleted chuck norris's or they look like a 70s porn star with a mustache and that always just aggravated me so much and no matter what game i went to whether it was lotro or something else i could not make a human that i thought was cool looking in guild wars i was able to actually on some professions so yeah i'm looking forward to at least having a, an attempt at making a character i like to make a character that looks like me actually when i go to play a game so I'm, I'm really looking forward to just taking a shot at making someone that looks like me. For some reason, I was unable to do it in Ion, but I didn't have a lot of time, so I kind of just started screwing around and making someone that looked okay, at least. I wonder, yeah. I wonder how often people go for something that looks more like themselves or something that looks more like what they you know, would like to look like. You know, I would think on the whole, most people try to kind of emulate themselves. I mean, I know like in... I call it Aeon. I don't call it Ion. Sorry. Anyways, in Aeon, oh. when I was playing that game, I remember like specifically like choosing black hair, which I don't have, you know. And I remember thinking, oh, this will be really different, you know, which is retarded because nobody can see what I look like. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I think most people, like I said, do try to emulate themselves to a certain regard. Yeah, it's like in the Matrix. What did he call it? An RSI, uh, residual self-image. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's something that's obviously in play, even when people study how people work in virtual reality, they kind of tend to gravitate that way. I don't know. I'm looking forward to that because in most games, if I try to make a character that looks like me, it ain't happening because I'm tall and skinny. And you don't see that very often. If he's tall, he's big and barrel-chested and he's, you know, a warrior. And that's just not... That doesn't work. And if he's small, then he's a scrawny little bastard who's hunched over and it's like, no, all right, whatever. (laughs) I know what you mean. Speaking of which, if you live in the U.S. and you have that build... The only place you can buy shirts is a snowboarding shop. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me. true. That's it's, true. Oh, aggravating. I'll go to, like, JCPenney and try on a shirt, and I feel like I'm wearing a dress. Good times. <laughs> but, uh, wow. Okay, so what else we got here? Ah, uh, yes. We'd like to compare the... They did a comparison in an image of a Guild Wars 1 character versus a Guild Wars 2 character. 
And before this, I'd seen a lot of conversations about it, and people were like, I just don't see a lot of improvement. But once they actually put it down on paper, like actually put them next to each other, you kind of go, oh, I was wrong about that. Because it is a lot different. Even the face, like there's not... Sometimes you use textures to resemble polys so that you don't have to add polys to the model, which was done mm-hmm. a lot in Guild Wars, and it was done masterfully. But they didn't have to do that now because computers are so much better. So the characters are just so... The polys are so perfect from what I could tell. Well, that and like the increase in shading and stuff like that. I noticed a lot more shadows on their faces. and But, you know, I wonder how that's going to translate in the game because you can always see these nice pristine screenshots but when you get in the game there's so much that's lost mm-hmm. you know while you're running around town so I, I wonder in game how much different they'll look even though i've played the demo you know i don't remember it too long ago but I, I i'm hope... thinking go ahead no i just i hope that they can i don't know if you've played, if you've played the demo and this is totally going forward but someone sent us an email asking for Tasha's opinion on some things in the demo. Mm-hmm. So do you mind if I read that to you? Oh, go ahead. So you yeah. can do it. Okay, cool. Um, yes. So the one thing about that picture, though, for the Guild Wars 1 versus Guild Wars 2 model. Uh, Are you talking about the Mesmer run, right? Yeah, where everybody was like, "Is that a? does that mean that's a Mesmer? Those are actually town, oh, okay. those are town clothes, people need to realize. So anybody could wear that. Didn't have to be a Mesmer. Even though, I mean, really, Regina, come on. You got Mesmers in the game. <laughs> yeah. JR right now is going, oh, Ryan, damn it. We don't know that. I'm just here to piss everybody off today. So, <laughs> uh, the armor material is obvious at a glance. That was one thing they kind of pointed out. Um, and that's true. I mean, you look at a guy who's in plate. Yeah, that's clearly plate. Um, style versus realism. Right. So, that's one thing ArenaNet has put a lot of emphasis on in the past, I think, is they wanted to provide options for people who care more about the style of their armor and how aesthetically cool they look, as opposed to, if I was actually in battle, how would this work? So the ultimate example people always fall back to is the scantily clad plate bikini chick, you know, uh, how how well is that going to work actually in battle when every major artery is totally exposed versus a woman who's actually clad in armor? And they showed that, they showed that there was some armor that was very revealing, but what was interesting about that is when that was put on a male, it was still revealing. And then there was the very covering armor and that was available to a woman as well as a guy so what did you guys think of that i think it's about time yeah tiger's over there going i wanted to see some pecs damn it (laughs) yeah well i see i feel like i'm the only person who's not offended by those comments because i've seen quite a few very acerbic toned blogs that were very combative towards it and I'm actually really happy with the direction the armor's going. I have no problem with there being revealing armors so long as there's options for for armors that offer full coverage, if that's what you prefer. And so long as there's not a double standard with the genders. Yeah, exactly. I don't see a double standard, so that, that makes a huge difference to me. Um, I kind of prefer... Here's the deal for me. When I'm playing a video game, right, I'm there to kill shit. I'm there to have fun playing a game... And I do get a little bit annoyed when there are tons of women running around with their boobs practically hanging out. Because it's like, this is gaming. This is not sex time. This is game time, you know? But <laughs> on the other hand, and, and this is I know this from plenty of experience playing with women in MMOs, a lot of women actually enjoy being able to be like that in a game. And I'm not sure what the draw is exactly, but you have to understand that when it comes to the guys that like looking at it and the girls that actually like that being their RSI, 
um, it's it's a profit. It's a huge profit. And um, if you just made it so that everything was simply just realistic, that would actually that could probably result in a loss, a loss of audience. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I like the variety and the, the range that they're having. Personally, I like I tend to go more toward the fantasy type rather than the um, I'm decked out in full plate mail, you know, personally. But I have to tell you a funny story. In IRC one time, there's um, there's a dev that frequents the Guru channel, Josh Petrie. Great guy. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. But I met him up at PAX, and um, we found the ultimate in the um, ridiculous of women's armor. I cannot remember the game. I don't even know if this is appropriate. You might have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. But uh, it was the top. The women had the entire top. Their armor were pasties. It was the most ridiculous, fantastic thing I've ever seen in an MMO. And I wish I'll find the name of the MMO that it is. But it's hilarious. It wasn't you know, Terra, was it? I don't know. But, like, pasties. Really? Th- that's their armor. Yeah, it sounds like Terra. <laughs> Great job. Because I've seen yeah, some I've, things out of Terra, and it's like, what? the only thing I see that woman wearing is stuck in her butt crack. And that's uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember looking at some of those screenshots, and some of them were uh, from a very low angle with the women's legs spread. And I actually remember being offended. And it takes quite a bit to offend me. So. Well, you know, it's, it's also particularly interesting because, you know, NCSoft has their Blade and Soul coming out. And if you see what, you know, obviously it's more Korean-focused MMO, like you see the armor that they have, completely unrealistic, you know, and that's just the style that, that they like to play with over there. But I, I'm glad that Guild Wars 2 is giving the options for both styles. I mean, I think it's like you said, Ryan, that at least, um, you know, there's that variety. And I think there would be something that people are missing out on without that fantasy element, you know, because I like realism, but I'm playing a game. Yeah, this, like we said, this is an escape. And something for the people to keep in mind also that like to get offended about this, I don't think a lot of MMO teams get enough input from uh, women that are more concerned with this sort of thing. And remember that ArenaNet does. Regina is a very active member of, you know, I don't I don't want to call it the feminist movement, but she's very involved in women's rights and, you know, trying to keep things fair and not objectifying women, because that's one thing I can't stand. I'm no feminist. I'm one of the most insensitive people you'll ever meet. But I cannot stand the objectification of women. And it kind of takes away from that effect when the guys are also being just as objectified by the armor. So I was, even though I didn't like looking at it so much, I was glad to see that it was there, you know, that that guy was barely wearing anything because, hey, I'm wearing what she's wearing, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, we all have different um, standards of modesty when it comes to the armor or the clothing. Uh, so I think what they're doing in terms of making sure that there's an option for each of us, which is close to what we'd consider as appropriate or in terms of reality or, f- or the fantasy aspect that we're going for, that's the best we can ask for, I think. Yeah. And the other thing is when the Norn come out, you better really be prepared. Because it seems, it seems like the colder it is that they come from, the less they wear. Well, that, that was something that they mentioned, uh, I think it was in the blog, that being the magical world that it is, um, they wanted to reflect that. So, for example, an elementalist who has control over fire uh, shouldn't necessarily then have to run around uh, the, the shiver peaks in decked out full fur clothing because they should be able to keep themselves warm with, with their fire magic abilities. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. 
One, one other thing I wanted to mention, and I posted the images into the chat, is we saw that warrior in the gladiator-style armor months and months ago. And if you look carefully between that armor and the new one, it seems the skin shaders have improved quite a bit. Because I remember looking at that warrior at first and thinking, man, he looks like he's a plastic toy. <laughs> but, but the new one, the skin looks so much nicer. It, yeah, it's actually, and that's the other thing. That guy was like, uh, you know, he's beefy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look stupid beefy. Like any guy you know that's actually that built, they had the proportions right for once. That's something yeah. people don't get is when a guy builds muscle, there's a certain proportions to the dude. So I could actually see myself making a big guy in this game eventually because it doesn't look like it's just overblown. Well, I noticed um, the little bits and pieces we've seen of male Norn seem to be that stupid beefy. That's just their uh, proportions. At least it's another yeah. race, though, because then you can say, yeah. yeah, but when that race gets beefy, it's different. See, I yeah, think the that's Norn really is square. Cool. <laughs> nah. I won't be playing a Norn. You can have your Norn, Chaz. <laughs> How do you guys feel about some of the female human hairstyles? They're interesting. I, I don't. I don't. Can't say I've really seen enough of them yet to like. I liked the ones that they had, like with the braids and everything else, like that in this latest one, the blonde. But See, I, don't I think know. she looks really weird. It yeah, does. Like with, but she's got a faux hawk and a mullet and a <laughs> mullet. <laughs> It is. She's a got a faux hawk on top, and the back is long, and parts is shaved. And I don't think it looks bad. I just think it looks kind of weird. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see what they do because it's uh, some of the hairstyles I haven't been as impressed with. But like I said, I, I can only like recall like right now off the top of my head like two or three that I've seen. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it is Kristen Perry that's probably in charge of that too, right? I hope so. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. I think she's probably got a team she's working with, too. Yeah, yeah, that. So, I don't know. Once again, it goes back to track record. She had some pretty cool hairstyles. Other than female monks. I thought female monks had some pretty dumb hairstyles. I don't know. I'm not at all worried, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of options. I just think some of the more odd-looking ones are interesting. I won't be using them, but it's it, once again, it's cool that they've got the option. The branches of the military. Uh, so, they have indicated that there are three branches. And they are the... Okay, they say this differently in the game, and I forgot how it's pronounced. Seraph? Seraph? Seraph. That's that's how I would say it. But when you hear them actually say it phonetically, it's different. Seraph? Seraph, I believe, is what they said. And that isn't right by our world and the way we would say that, you know, angelic term. But they said that in the world of Krita, or in the world of Tyria, they have a different pronunciation of it. And they're trying to, you know, drive that differentiation home. So I, I think Christian's right. I think that was the one that I heard. But I remember when I heard it, I was like, well, that's not right. And then I looked it up. And sure enough, they they knew that, but they were just saying it's different in the game. I thought so it was Guild Wars just... 2. So Guild Wars 2 comes with accents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's what I was cool. thinking. I thought it was just an accent. That could have been it, too. But, okay, so this, these guys are... See, I said these guys because I didn't want to deal with it again. Um... They are the largest version of the or portion of the military. They're kind of like the cops, the military. They go around and keep the peace and all that. Kind of like what a knight was in old England. Um, and I guess at this point in time, they're finding themselves very low on utilities and supplies. So there's a little bit of a dynamic there. And then we have the ministry guard. These guys are more like 
secret services types. They they watch over the higher ups, the authorities of the land. And then finally, there's the Shining Blade, and these guys... Actually, these guys are the, like the Secret Service. Ministry Guard is like the FBI, I guess. I'm trying to mm-hmm. draw stupid correlations here, but anyway. Yeah. And the Shining Blade, there's very few of them, but they, they're like kind of the assassins uh, and the spies and stuff. Very intelligence-oriented. They're the Queen's private bodyguard, mm-hmm. and so everything that revolves around that is their domain. And so they will be doing shady investigations into who's double-crossing her from other ministries and that kind of stuff. Minister Codicus, I'm sure they've got their eye on you. Oh, yeah. And then the last thing for SQL Scuttlebutt is a beta for 2011 has been confirmed, and they are not taking applications, and Regina wants everybody to know that if you are getting an email to join it, to join this beta, throw it away. You're just, someone's just trying to steal your information or, you know, jip you, so it's just a scam. Yeah, because it's closed beta for friends and family. Yep. And so. us. And, yes, and us. <laughs> Aren't we friends and family? Come I, on. I think so. Damn it. Well, Stefan Lepresti just started following me on Twitter, so that's that's got my hopes up. <laughs> oh. And that's no fair. He's not even following me. That's probably because uh, me and Smithy called him Stephanie. Damn you, Smithy. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I hope Smithy hears I don't know. this. Oh, damn it. I just wrote a blog post about that, actually, before they updated it, about the likelihood of prominent community members such as ourselves actually getting into a closed beta just because of the nature of what it is we do (laughs) and the fact that we'd have to sign an NDA. And (laughs) would we be more of a a benefit or a a liability? Uh, uh, You got nothing to say. I want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't in the past favored, like... I know everyone's saying, oh, well, moderators of fan sites and admins, but they haven't in the past ever favored them over anybody else. Like, even for Test Crew, they mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't get in. Anyway, <laughs> you know, they, they're really actually good about when they say that they're going to do a random or when they say, you know, that they're going to go ahead and accept applications. They're really good about, um, you know, obviously there are members of the community that are going to be more involved. Everyone remembers Enzyme, but um, who can, you know, provide you know, a higher quality feedback because of the obsessive nature of themselves. But they haven't favored, like I said, like fan site admins, moderators, stuff like that. So I really don't think that they're going to change that. So I don't think any of us have any better of a chance to get in than anybody else. Probably not, no. I hope so. Did I crush that? Well, as bad as that makes me feel because I really want in, um, I think that's a good thing for the community as a whole. I don't think that they should be pandering to the likes of us. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, Speak for yourself, I wish man. they would, but honestly, I, I think getting a, a large, ra- truly random cross-section of the community is, is the best way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would just like to point out, though, that I did a lot of beta testing for Autodesk AutoCAD. Okay, you know how many beta <clears throat> tests I was in and I didn't get accepted for test crew? Uh, <laughs> you guys are such suck-ups. Ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> we are. We are. Yeah, uh, I thought um, one, of, one of the points you brought up in your blog uh, was interesting with the whole NDA um, and that profile community members would basically be shut down if they, were, um, if they had to sign an NDA, so we wouldn't be able to do what we do because... We'd be constantly looking over our shoulders, thinking, "Oh, am I am I breaking the terms of my non-disclosure agreement?" Mm-hmm. You know, 
You know, it's interesting. You know who just went ahead and did away with NDAs that they stated they're not going to go ahead and have them anymore? Blizzard. Really? Yep. Really? That happened about a month or two ago. They basically said they're they're doing away with NDAs and stuff. So they're obviously changing their, you know, their structure of how they test games and everything. If they're doing away with those. But I thought that was interesting. And I wonder well, if Guild Wars NCSoft would follow suit. The funny thing about that is as I was writing that article, I wrote like three paragraphs about a WoW blogger I used to know. And then I removed it when I realized I didn't exactly know what I was talking about. But (laughs) uh, his name was Big Red Kitty, and he used to be a huge voice in the community. And then he left for like family issues. And about a month or two after I stopped WoW blogging, his blog came back to life with some really shifty very vague messages on the front page. And I think it turned out that he was allowed into the cataclysm closed beta, even before it was even before blizzard was even talking about it. And he had posts that were just lists of things. He'd like number one, Ooh, that looks neat. Number two, what is that over there? Number three, can they do that? And the first few posts of his were just like that. So he, he was obviously under an NDA and I think that recruiting him was a – what's the word I'm looking for? It was a publicity stunt yeah. by Blizzard. And he played through the whole beta, and then he eventually chose not to buy Cataclysm. But I thought that was a really interesting thing for them to do, to recruit a very popular community member that had left your game by trying to entice them back by giving them entrance into the closed beta and encouraging him to blog about it. Yeah, I can see your point. I, you have to ask yourself what benefit would they have giving a beta, beta access to someone like us who, if we don't know, it's easy for us to just speak freely. We don't have to worry mm-hmm. about anything we say because we, we have nothing to know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I could do it. <laughs> I could handle it. I'm just kidding. All right. Anyway, speculator's corner, right? Should we speculate? I think we've been speculating anyway, but whatever. Yeah. We'll just speculate some more. I'm buying time as I... Slackfully do this. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this I game. I heard that Norman really told. That's just speculation. A race per week up till the demo. Do you think that's what's happening? No. I've heard a lot of talk about that. Was it? There's five weeks, or now there's four weeks till the demo, is there? Mm-hmm. And there's four races left? Seems yep. to be... A... I think that's a little bit wishful thinking. Yeah. All I mean, I me. yeah, I made a comment about it and said, hmm, the numbers work, but knowing ArenaNet, it's unlikely to to be that way because they always do things differently. It was probably their plan, and then once someone said that, they were like, oh, switch it up, we got to prove them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> so I just screwed everything up. Oh no, it was it brought up a long time ago, but yeah, you All contributed right. to the problem. I so. added to it, yeah. Send your hate mail to <laughs> at Run on Twitter. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I mean, it works out pretty good, but it makes you wonder, because each week they have something here lately. So what are they going to have next week? Silvari. I would love it. Oh, God. I would love Silvari. I want to see that so bad right now. I want to see that more than the next profession at the moment. Yeah, see, so do I, yeah. Of course, that's probably because it's going to be a damn mesmer. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Probably. <laughs> Sean's over there right now. Maybe we should just bring him back on so that we can rake him over the coals. No, I see, did. I'm still 
I'm still standing by. My call for assassins are going to be next. Do we have yeah. three races left? Is that how many? Four, four. races. Four. Oh, four. Norn, Silvari, Char. Asura. Asura. Yeah. Oh no, I meant professions. How many more professions oh. do we have? Oh. We have three. Three. Yeah, you're right. Three. Okay. Sorry. Cool. So mesmer, assassin, and engineer. Yes. Yep. Yes. You know, yeah. I look at some of the armor that I've been seeing on some of these screenshots, and I can see that there's at least a little steampunk being worked in. This last one that. has got to be steampunk somehow. And what's really nice is I hope that as a guardian, I can still steal some steampunk-looking crap and wear that instead. That'd be nice. Well, as a guardian, you're going to be tied to the heavy armor, so it's you and the warrior Me and are going to be sharing. So far, yeah. what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> so Christian I think and I... that's amazing. What's that? I think that's just them being teasing and like fun-hearted. They'll make jokes before, and people tend to take them too far. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take it too far for the sake of the show. Go what is, for it. What's it saying, man? Are, are some professions going to be able to learn like heavy armor somehow? I don't think so, but could. Or is he talking about future professions and future campaigns? Well, that's what he seems to imply. Um, but I think from what we've gathered, it would make more sense uh, to have new races released in future expansions, just in terms of the whole balancing act. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found with Guild Wars, adding new professions really screws the whole thing over. Whereas with Guild Wars 2, adding a new race, you've only got your racial skills to balance as opposed to a whole raft of new profession skills. I have to agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you start but adding... Said, oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I actually really agree with you guys that it would be so much easier and probably more practical to add new races as opposed to new professions. But that little teasing tidbit really does imply to me that we might see a new profession or two in a, an expansion. What I think I it, won't rule it out. What I think matters is proportions. So if every three campaigns you release a new race, and then the fourth one you release a new profession, it helps keep the whole balancing problem scaled back a little bit because, man, introducing a new profession is... I don't know if it would be as big in this game because they really have simplified the skill balance system a lot. And I'm sure Izzy Cartwright is basking in that. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I've played other games. I remember the Death Knight got released in World of Warcraft and that was a huge stink. But that was a much more complicated game too. Well, not more complicated, but their skill systems and all that were... How do, how do I put it? It was already a mess anyway. Yeah. They, they had no semblance of balance at all. So it's like, hey, let's just take this mess and throw mud on top of it. I don't know. I guess I guess I'm pretty split on the issue. It does I think that means that we're going to be seeing something down the line somewhere, not necessarily the next expansion, but Yeah. That's that's the only way other way I'd read it is that they threw so that that uh, little comment in because Guild Wars 2 is still being developed and so they uh you know the whole um, attitude with Arena is that they won't tell us something until it's set in stone. So they're just saying, look, we're still developing, so it's not set in stone that um, in the future we may not have some changes in the armor or the, the a new profession. They could also be going a little bit Lord of the Rings on us, and by that what I mean is as they're developing this game, they're accounting for professions that will appear in later campaigns, so it's already balanced for them before they show up. So when they mm, do show up, it's that just is like... An uh, that would be cool. They they would garner my respect. Well, they already have, but that would be huge props if they managed that. Yeah, I think that would be difficult. It would but... surprise me. Yeah. Well, you have to think of um, when you look at Eye of the North and now what we all know about Guild Wars 2, 
Eye of the North really was made with Guild Wars 2 in mind. Because we can go see the Pale Tree, and you can go see Jormog, and, you know, that's stuff we didn't even know would exist until we started learning more about Guild Wars 2. But it was already there when Eye of the North was released. Yeah, they really, they plan quite a ways ahead of what they give you, it seems. Or at least they started to after they decided to make Guild Wars 2, I should put it that way. Yeah, I was going to say. Because during Guild Wars, it was just kind of, you know, iterative. Yeah, I don't think during Guild Wars. I think the decision to do the Guild Wars 2 game was, you know, I I don't think they had any plans for it during Guild Wars. I thought they, they probably thought that they would just continue on with the expansions and the campaigns like they had been doing it. And from what I understand, Guild Wars 2 was very much a, you know, we can't just do any more campaigns. It's getting too hard to balance. Let's start fresh. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And so it seems to me that when they decided that they had a whole new outlook on everything, they're like, okay, we're going to start fresh. Let's do everything right from the get-go now. Yeah, yeah. Let's plan for the future as opposed to just making it up as we go along. Yeah, that shows a lot of growth as a company, really. Well, even some of the things like Izzy's particularly mentioned that they are like data hounds right now. Like they are gathering so much data from all the demos that people are playing from, you know, just the interaction with the fans that they previously did not gather in Guild Wars. So there's a lot more um, foresight and thought and, you know, data that's backing up their decisions now than they ever had for Guild Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, my car is cold. I'm actually shaking. How are you doing over there, Christian? I'm actually the exact opposite. Uh, you're sweating. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it's summer over there, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we're both doing the car thing, car sound booth. Good times to be had here. you got to take a picture of it, and I'll take a picture of me doing this someday, too. <laughs> okay, so the next thing I had slated was the... Well, this is just the quote per the NCSoft Investor Report. It says, um, they haven't included their... Ex- oh, man, I always have a hard time reading my laptop in here. Okay. They haven't included their expected earnings for Guild Wars 2 or Blade and Soul in their figures for the year, as the release dates will depend on feedback from the betas. Does this mean there'll be traditional betas? Both games expect to be finished within the year, but release date will depend on the feedback from betas. So don't hold your breath for a 2011 release. Blade and Soul has gone into beta now, though. Um, And that was a quote. uh, Tasha said that. I don't know if she was quoting somebody else also. But anyway, um, there were other takes on that, which was that this might be NCSoft's way of just saying it's not set in stone. We don't know if the beta is going to turn something up that makes us have to go back into heavy de- development again, but that there might still be a plan to release in 2011. So it, it does make us all... I'm glad that it's making everybody hold their expectations back and go, oh, okay, it's not necessarily this year. But the beta is planned for this year. So that's cool. The closed beta. Damn it, people. Closed. You know, what's also interesting is Blizzard had their investor call here just last week as well, and they said much the same for Diablo 3, that they weren't sure if they were going to have a 2011 release, that if they don't, then they'll release two titles in 2012. So I'm hoping it's incentive <laughs> for ArenaNet to push for a late 2011 release, because you don't want to go up against a Blizzard title. Yeah. So that's my hope. November 2011, that's my prediction. That's a really good point, man. Diablo 3 is a it's not even it's not an MMO, is it? No, it's an RPG, but even with the two different genres of games, I mean, games are expensive now. Yep. I mean, it's not pocket change to pick up a game. So having two release at the same time, you know, from two big companies, you know, gamers make decisions. Which one am I going to buy? So I'm hoping it's staggered. Yeah, me too. Works out 
you know, makes it come earlier to us and uh, gives them more success. Exactly. It is a win-win situation. They should coordinate. See? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that happening. Hey, guys, you want to coordinate? Didn't you leave us and make a game that, you know, stole half of our earnings? (laughs) Uh, See you later. (laughs) Bye, guys. Um, so yeah, I don't think that the, also this release, this information release about the closed beta, a lot of people are talking like that this has some effect on the release date, but as I recall, ArenaNet has kind of dabbled on the issue of the beta already and basically said, we are going to do internal testing. So Mm -hmm. I almost feel like, yeah, I feel like this is just a clarification of something they already said and it's not this, it's nothing changed really. I just understand better. Yeah. I mean, the, they updated the Google's 2 FAQ uh, with the note about the closed beta and, and alpha stuff happening in 2011. And I just took that as, well, we already knew that because you told us, I think it was already last year, they were saying they were having friends and family coming in and testing out dynamic events and realizing that people need a bit more direction when it comes to actually noticing there's a guy yelling at them saying, please, my house is burning down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more so, direction. that's not obvious at all (laughs) so that's been going on for you know the whole time and there's no reason why that wouldn't continue on this year and so the way that they're doing it that effectively is their their alpha the way i read it and it can turn into their closed beta really easily and the amount yeah as you said the amount of demos they're doing uh, there's so much data coming in from that that i'm not too worried about this like necessary changing the whole release date options we still don't know when it's being released they haven't announced anything and this in- investor report basically is just telling the investors look we can't say anything because uh, if we do and we're wrong you guys are gonna you know pull all your money from us and we won't be able to afford making awesome games mm-hmm. do you think too that maybe they could have updated their website in response to all the spam going around trying to steal people's information. Like before, I don't think they had any information on the possibility of a beta on their website, but maybe with updating that, well, they are expecting a closed beta late 2011 and maybe an open beta after that, that it might curtail people's susceptibility to to, to scammers like that. You know what I'm thinking of doing? I'm thinking of naming this episode, How to Get in the Guild Wars 2 Beta. So when people Google that, <laughs> we get a lot of listeners, and they also get informed. Exploit it. I love it. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, if you get information about the Guild Wars 2 beta, unless you can tell that it like has an actual email address from ArenaNet or something, eh, th- don't even don't worry about it. If, Anybody if that listens to this show knows that they're invited already. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know that I am. Anyway, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, if if they ask for your account details and password, it's definitely they're definitely not inviting you to a beta. Or if they link you to a page that does, if it links you to a page that looks like the NCSoft page, eh, go back to NCSoft's uh, main page again. Type in NCSoft.com and then try and get back there again and see what happens. Because that's that's the best way to go about that sort of crap. People make websites to look like a website that they want you to think you just got linked to when they really don't. Remember, people yeah. use that with AOL all the time. If I were to get an email that looked like it was from ArenaNet or one of the community managers, I would then email one of the community managers myself from a different email uh, account that I have 
You guys and are just say, all hey. paranoid. <laughs> and say, hey, I got this email. Is this real or not? I would email John Stummy because he's the only person that can put up with my crap. <laughs> okay, so, and then Derek Hubbard asks, um, oh, he asked what the comparison of the Guild Wars 1 Mesmer to a Guild Wars 2 Mesmer looking person means for the potential of a Guild Wars 2 Mesmer. He said that in an email. And Regina, as we said before, she pretty much quoted, that's, first of all, if you're a scholar, you can wear anything that other scholars can wear. So that throws that out. Plus, those were town clothes, so it's not even scholar armor that you're looking at there. Uh, so that throws that out. But come on, man. There's there's a Mesmer in this game. I think there is, too. All right. called Queen Jaina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now, pro tips. Nation, it's That's time. It's not pro tips. <laughs> what is with that sound bite? I don't even know why I have it. Left. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. I hit stop. Right. Okay. So for pro tips, um, yeah. So everything's being eclipsed by beta talk, but actually, there's other big news, which is the Dervish update preview has been released by Mr. Stummy. The most patient person in the world, which he's, uh, yeah, me and Christian, I know me and Christian at least have both scoured this thing pretty heavily because I'm interested in playing my dervish some more. I don't know if Chaz really gives a crap, but um, anyway, there's a lot lot of talk about avatars, adrenaline, flash enchantments, and of course, pie, and uh, I mean, teardowns. So go ahead, Christian, tell us about this. Okay, so the uh, first up. There was a post on the on the wiki with this preview of the Dervish update, and uh, the first thing they go through is that avatars are going to get a huge revamp. The problem with the current avatars is that they're too powerful, and so they need a huge recharge time. So the only way you can maintain them is by using a PVE skill called Eternal Aura. Uh, now with the update, they're going to be reducing the recharge time, so you can maintain them in PvP as well as in PVE, which means they have to make the effects weaker. So the example they give is Avatar of Balthazar, which now will give you increased armor, increased adrenaline, and whenever you lose a dervish enchantment, nearby foes are set on fire. Yeah, and they have a lot of... uh, They involve setting... Well, actually, just AoE effects on the end of avatars or enchantments. There's a whole lot more of that going on, which is cool. Yeah, so we're going to see... I I think, at least personally, we're going to see every single... Avatar hugely revamped. Um, it'll like they'll keep the feel so that they're still associated with whichever god you're channeling, but um, they're going to be less powered so that it's okay if you're using this all the time. So, as I mentioned in the Avatar of Balthazar example, dervishes are now going to use adrenaline for their some of their attack skills. Um, this seems likely to prevent the whole attack spamming nature of the current dervish where you just load up with quick fire attack skills and um, energy, oh, like zealous vow, which means you get energy on every hit and you just spam away mm-hmm. attacks. So you now have to build up your adrenaline before you can unleash powerful attacks. Which on that point, JR said last week, actually that that was one of the things he expected. So good job there, man. Um, so the next kind of change is a whole new type of spell called flash enchantments. And these are um, like shouts and stances because they can be cast instantly while you're on the move. So um, 
as a dervish, you don't have to stand around for three or four seconds casting all your, your enchantments on yourself before you can actually go and ch- chase down that squishy and wail on them with your scythe. That sounds um, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like you can only have one of those on at a time, right? Uh, no, um, you can only activate one at a time. That's right. Okay. And there's a very, and, very short recharge time on it. Yeah, so if you activate a flash enchantment, it disables all your other flash enchantments for a short period, which means you can't do a big massive spike by casting four or five flash enchantments in quick succession. Mm-hmm. So these enchantments are being designed so that they have an initial effect, like like you said, uh, inflicting burning or AoE holy damage, and then they will. Um, seems like many of them will have a bonus effect when they're removed, and this is um, taking uh, taking us back to what, how the dervish was initially envisioned, I think, whereby it's all down to um, the application and removal of your enchantments. Mm-hmm. So it's not just it, about maintaining an enchantment that makes you stronger. Now it's about make them activate and then remove as much as you can. Yeah. When um, If you've already got a flash enchantment up and you activate the other, will the deactivation of the first trigger its uh, strip um, what happens when it's stripped? Uh, well, this is the thing now. Um, with the teardowns or the skills that remove enchantments, they've been they're being changed so that they're specific to dervish enchantments. So f- uh, first of all, that means that you don't have to worry about any monk prot enchantments you have on you or anything else like that. Um, these skills will only remove a dervish enchantment, but you do have to make sure that you've got your enchant your dervish enchantments. Um, in the right order that you want. So say you cast your first enchantment and then your second enchantment and then you use a teardown that's going to remove the second enchantment because it's stacked on top of the first one. Mm -hmm. So an example um, that they gave of this is Irresistible Sweep. And this deals bonus damage and removes one of your dervish enchantments. If you remove an enchantment, the attack is unblockable, removes a stance and deals more bonus damage. So these skills in themselves have bonuses for removing enchantments as well as the enchantments then triggering their end effect. I love this because on my assassin, I feel like I can just run in and start wailing on crap. When I'm on my dervish, I always find myself standing there doing a bunch of crap before I can get in there and everything's already dead. It's like, well, that was Mm -hmm. great. Mm. I did kind of like that uh, when I first played the dervish because I felt like I had to think about what I was doing before I went in and, and just smacked stuff. Yeah, I definitely like the... The style of the dervish. I just didn't like that I had to do so much prep. But then again, on my elementalist, I kind of have to do that too. Sitting there, I finally get to where we're going. Okay, fire attunement. Now that Kurzak skill, whatever it was called. I don't know. I haven't played it anymore because it's worthless. Right. So I'll complain about elementalists and then everybody will have nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't play in LE, so I can't complain about them. Oh, they make good healers. I do know that. Uh, how do you think this will change the way that like dervishes are used and played? Obviously, um, there'll be less setup when you get there, which is cool. Yeah, but I think uh, what a lot of people have been saying is that you uh, it's going to be one of those classes where you do need a decent level of thought, forethought. Uh, I won't say intelligence because that'll make other people sound uh, <laughs> dumb. Mm-hmm. But um, a dervish... Like to play a dervish well, you are gonna have to know your skills and uh, put your enchantments on in the right order, and then remove them with the right skills, so that you get all the 
effects that you want. I want to know if Jim is still going to be able to do 700 damage a swing. Oh, man, it's Jim. <laughs> He'll find a way. <laughs> He'll be Have over there they... popping little individual consumables, and they'll be like, man, you're kicking ass. Yeah, and I'm totally not doing it with help. <laughs> Have they stated when the changes will be in the game? I didn't see anything about that. No. So oh, okay. people just, they just, uh, they base it off the previous updates when they release a preview and then one or two weeks later, whatever the normal time is, they update the game. Yeah, that's pretty standard. So nothing official, but you could probably look to a time frame like two weeks or so. Yeah, I mean, it's just because it's such an overwhelming sweeping change is... So I wasn't sure if it would be a little bit further out. Possible. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I forgot to say that I think they mentioned or they quoted something like 90% of Dervish skills have been changed mm-hmm. in wow. some form or another. Yeah, so you can scrap your builds, guys. <laughs> just joking. Most of it's just slight tweaking, but as you can see with the avatars and the flash enchantments, some of them are quite remarkable changes. I wonder what Eternal Aura is. Eternal Aura just going to be relegated now. I don't need you anymore. Well, I guess I mean it's, it's there um, for those skills, those Dover skills that take a while to recharge. So right. I think it's it might still have a use. What in you PvE. know? What I'm glad for is they didn't change Mystic Regeneration. I thought for sure that one was gonna, but it from what I saw, it looks like Stummy had no intent on changing that one. Yeah, because it's useful enough in its current. Uh, you know, the current way that it is. I love that skill. I used to love it on my elementalist for farming, but they wised up. <laughs> you only get it for three enchantments, not as... And I'm like, dang it, my Ellie had like five of them. <laughs> farming on my ele- elementalist has gone to crap. I can't do anything with them now. But okay, so there's that. Uh, enough Guild Wars 1. Guild Wars awesome discussion. Once again, I didn't have my soundboard up. What are we doing now? Traitor Lucky. Arcade. Oh, <laughs> Good. I don't have that soundbite. <laughs> How did you guys like that soundbite? Boy, that went great. Okay. <laughs> Do it on the fly. Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. Those stupid fat habitses. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. That's not killed words. Um, okay, so for Trader Arcade today, I got nothing to say. Tiger does. Spandex insect people, go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> my husband and I, we were going to try the Rift Beta but their download doesn't save as it goes, and our internet is slow and intermittent, so it wasn't going to happen at all. So he downloaded um, Champions Online instead, and I guess it's only 3 gigs, so it didn't take very long. And he made an account, and then the next morning he comes and wakes me up, and he's all bouncy and excited, and he's like, I told myself I wasn't going to make a character with spandex. I go, what happened? He says, well, I made a character wearing spandex. (laughs) And oh, what else? Oh, and he saw a monkey flowing, throwing fireballs, and he thought was it was that, hilarious. Was that a uh, another player or an NPC? Yes, it was another player. Oh. the the customization in that game is crazy. Not so much with the faces. It's it's a perfect example of what I was saying earlier about how when you have a limited system, all of the faces tend to look at, like the same type, and they do look very similar. I mean, there's a lot you can change, but you can't change it enough to make one face look terribly different from the next but the character customization in that game comes from all the parts you can put on like they've got some really crazy things i ended up making an android with dragonfly wings so my husband comes in he takes one look and he's like what is that your robo bug (laughs) (laughs) 
So that's what I call her. And all, all through playing that game, I kept feeling like I was playing a less polished version of Guild Wars 2 because the tutorial area is a persistent instanced area. You start the game and the city's under attack and you can see other new players around you. And while you do go take your regular stale MMO quests, like I think the first one is to go kill three insect pods or something like that, and they're just kind of sitting over there. There are some more interactive things. Like as, as I was doing something else, I don't remember what it was, I heard someone calling for help. And I'm, I didn't see a quest bubble or anything on my map or like that, but I just followed the sound of his voice and there was a some hero trapped under rubble that I, I removed. And he's like, hey, thanks, and ran off. And I got experience for that. But it oh, was, that's interesting. It was a quest, though? It was a quest. After, well, after I saved him... After I saved him, I could talk to him and then get my experience. It it like it didn't come automatically like it does like it will in Guild Wars 2. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just remember I just remember thinking I was running along doing something else and then I heard this and I followed the sound to this NPC. So you didn't start the quest by finding a exclamation mark. Exactly. That's cool. I went and performed it and then he had the excla- exclamation part mark for me to to use. Don't you and find... at the end, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. You were still talking. Oh, I was going to say at the end, um, I took part in a group quest that I didn't have to group for. It had like three parts. I think we had to collect cannon parts and then defend it as this other superhero put the cannon together. And then once that took, once that happened, there was a short cinematic of him saving the day because we shot him into the enemy enemy spacecraft and then and then we went into an instance with just ourselves and did a few things in there and then we were set out into the main regular world what i find funny though is how so many people now are just playing games and like just trying to be playing guild wars 2 before they can like even yeah. in, even in guild wars right now you have so many people making builds now i think um nox started the idea I may be wrong about that, but where you just make a build that would be like it was in Guild Wars, or like mm-hmm. it would be in Guild Wars 2. I guess that just says, I was even listening to GameBreaker.tv yesterday, and everybody out there, nobody out there anymore really seems to have the same attitude that there used to be, which was like, this is so different, what a risk. Now that they're starting to see what's actually being implemented, they're like, ooh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Weren't, were you with us, Squirrel, when we were farming for the Cantha New Year? Yeah, I was just going to say you wrote a blog post about the whole um, changing up your school bar and trying to play like Guild Guild Wars 2. Oh, yeah, you were you were our excuse for a healer. And you (laughs) didn't you fill half your didn't you fill half your bar with smiting skills anyway? Yeah, well, I think we had what we had three monks in our group most of the time. There's Uh you, myself and Odin. And we all had just a complete mishmash of junk with us and. Um, I, yeah, I guess I was the healer, but my, the extent of my healing was, uh, basically seed of life, infuse health and healing touch, which you would, you wouldn't like, you would never, ever go and seriously do event, you know, go do something in a pickup group where you have to ping them your bar and ping them that because they just laugh at you and (laughs) pick you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think Odin was running signet of spirits. Exactly. 
Um, and yeah, so I mean, we that was in we were doing the Ring of Fire mission, trying to get uh, something from the Nightmare pop-ups, which is the only place you can get this drop. And so you know, it wasn't just some beginner area where we had level six char, you know, being one hit. We had Mersart and Jade Armors, so you know that was that was a whole heap of fun because we were running around shooting lasers and it was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the crazy part. We didn't even have a full group. It was the three monks, and then tops. we had a, a warrior and an assassin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna have to join in on some of that then. Although I'd probably bring the quirkiest build of them all. <laughs> I don't even know what I would bring. Probably my dervish with Mystic Region. I'll have to wait a couple weeks. And that's it? Yeah, that, that would be my self kill. <laughs> yeah, just Mystic Regen. Hi, I got a side. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we got an email. Yeah, we got emails. One from Valder. And this one's kind of long, so I might do a little bit of truncation. But he says, Hi, I've been listening to the show for ages now, but I've not emailed because I've had a couple of thoughts. But nothing mail-worthy. Perhaps this isn't either. But hell, I've started now. So that's that's good. I like that. Good attitude you got there. Uh, just listening to episode 28, and somebody had written in about worries about quests, specifically in reference to Rift. This brought me to something that, uh, that's been bugging me recently. Bear with me on this. It might get a, a bit convoluted. We're getting a lot of hype and a bunch of, about a bunch of upcoming MMOs. Uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, Terra, Rift. And there are always many of them. All of these are going on and on about how things, how unique things are. Son of a bitch, I can't read in this car. Tiger, do you want to do this? Sure. Okay. All of these are going on about how unique they are, what wonderful innovations they're bringing to the table, and how they will change the face of MMOs. Now, I've already heard that Star Wars The Old Republic bubble burst, massively disappointing gameplay vids, perhaps they should give up on the game, and they'll make a full-length movie out of those cinematics. (laughs) I (laughs) I was expecting something more interesting from Rift, as the Rifts mentioned were meant to be something like the dynamic events found in Guild Wars 2. Well, I got into the Rift beta, and wow, these guys lie. I played Warhammer Online quite a lot, and Rift doesn't seem to innovate further than the public quests in War. Suffice to say, Rift was fairly swiftly uninstalled. Anyway, I suppose what I'm getting at is, Guild Wars 2 looks to be the only upcoming MMO which might actually deliver on its promises. Exciting, huh? Well, that wasn't a question. I suppose I'd like to hear some opinions on the state of MMOs at the moment, and some of these big names still in development. If that doesn't seem enough related to Guild Wars 2, feel free to ignore it and give me some opinions on this simple one. I like appearance customization, but hate costumes. Why cover up your armor, guys? And was wondering what your opinions are on trophies found in Warhammer Online. Stick on your armor, adding personalization without covering up. Wouldn't that be a nice touch in Guild Wars 2? I appreciate that dies help, but I don't think they go far enough. Also, how about a similar system for your home instance? Some purely aesthetic features, which you can choose without having a related personal event. For example, um, too, long. too Long didn't read. He says, other MMOs look sucky. I don't want everyone to look the same. Look forward to listening, Valder. P.S. I'm loving how the podcast is getting longer and longer. Continue this trend. <laughs> that would That's amazing. You don't ever hear that. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, we're already at an hour and 36 on the recording, so we may be doing that right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was two hours last week. But to the point, um, on Rift, all I've got to say about that is what Rift is to me is the World of Warcraft formula done better. 
So Do, that's why really? so many people seem to like it. Us, we wouldn't like it because we're looking forward to what Guild Wars 2 is going to be. These people are just looking for WoW, but looking less crappy, I guess. See, I've been calling Rift. Basically, it's a cookie-cutter MMO, and if you're just bored with your current MMO, that's what you're going to play. Yeah, there you go. That's probably a better way to put it. I wouldn't say it does it better than World of Warcraft. I I don't see any innovation in the game. I just see it as, oh, hey, this is something new to play. I think what I can garner from that comment is, you hate WoW more than I do. And you (laughs) you would be right. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't played. Um, go ahead. I haven't played Rift. I've only watched some uh, some videos of of the beta, um, and yeah, I'm exactly. Uh, I feel exactly the same way, Ryan. That we're all so excited about Guild Wars 2. I watch Rift and I go, "This is the old way," and and I can't see how this is how I would play this because it just looks boring. I mean, it looks fantastic. You know, it's got. It's got new graphics and it's pretty and that kind of stuff. But having seen uh, everything we have so far about Guild Wars 2, I just watch the stuff from Rift and yawn. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs has a lyric that reminds me about what we're all feeling right now. And it goes something like, if I hadn't seen such ridges, I could live with being poor. <laughs> well put. I Very think, philosophical. I think what Guild Wars 2 is doing, even if it totally flops... All this hype right now and all these ideas that are being thrown out have given people enough of a vision that that's what's going to be built from here forward, most likely. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, a lot of people are going, is Guild Wars 2 going to come through? Well, in a way, it already has because it's put a vision in everybody's minds now. MMOs will change now, thanks to this. But I think Guild Wars 2 is actually going to hit it solid, so we'll also have a good example. God, I'm shaking. (laughs) (laughs) So... He mentioned the trophy system in Warhammer Online. Are any of you familiar with that? No. I'm not either. Uh Uh-uh. I think, like, I only played War a little bit, but I think what they were was little things that you could get. Like, you would get a seal, and it would pretty much look like a giant wax seal with a paper hanging from it, and you could stick it on your, your armor, and you'd actually see it attached to your armor. So you have a letter hanging off your body? What? Kind of. I guess I'm well, not it, understanding. Or that or a marine mammal. <laughs> or or maybe a skull on a chain. You you could hang it on your belt. Oh, accessories. Yes. This is pretty <laughs> accessories. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're accessories you can put on your armor. And I don't remember if they even had stat boosts, but they were trophies you could just slap on and you would actually see them on your character. So you could go kill an orc and then take its skull and chuck it on your chest piece. I don't think it was as simple as that. I think you'd have to maybe get a drop or get them from a quest or something like that. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. You know what's cool about that is, you know, the armor that they've been showing with the big spikes on them now? See, mm-hmm. now everyone's going to want to get their own little miniature head and shove it on their spike. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That guy looks like a cauliflower of skulls. <laughs> Guild Wars 2 head hunting. <laughs> <laughs> that guy has specifically Asura skulls. Those Asura skulls would be cool. You did a graphic of that tiger. That was sweet. Yeah. Um, I would love that level of, con- of um, customization, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it would be neat. I don't think it's likely, but I think it would be neat. You could yeah, be, I agree. You could be like a decorated colonel. Captain Martin Long starts playing. Look at me. Look what I got on my chest. You see these pauldrons? What am I talking about? 
<laughs> anyway, so we got another email from Matthew Collins. All right, I'm going to give this a shot again. Matthew Collins starts off with, hey, relics gods. <laughs> wow. Which one of us is the tree and which one of us is death? <laughs> I said, call Lissa. <laughs> yeah, who would I be? I don't know. There's no Joker among them. He says, uh, Matt here, forums Matt guy, in-game. Uh, Velmer Sethrin, love the show. I have to say it's one of the main things that get me through my current boring placement at work. Yeah, that's actually, that's my use of podcasts as well. So cheers to that. He says, few things. In response to your question, what do, do you do to keep fit? I have to honestly say not much outside of my work. Being a pretty active job, but then again, you can't really call me a real gamer when I prefer to be spending time with friends, at least until Guild Wars 2 comes out. I, I know how that feels. I have to say that I would love to be able to join the Relics Guild, but given that I live in Australia, the time zones are a huge hassle, and I thought I may as well not try and leave the chance, to op- leave the chance open to someone who, could, who would actually have a chance to play with you guys in-game. That's the one problem I have with this game community. It's always so hard to find a decent guild for my relative time zone, especially when all your friends stop playing to go back to WoW. I'm sure you can relate to that, huh, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say this to, to him. Uh, give it a shot. Try it out. I definitely have lots of people to play with in our guild. And I think Nox recently joined us as well because mm-hmm. the, the former guild he was in was very quiet. So the, we seem to be gathering a couple more people who are in time zones more appropriate to us. Yeah, we're not very quiet. I, I log in and pretty much just talk a bunch of crap from the guild hall, yeah. which really gets things going. And the Alliance, they didn't even need my help. Those guys, whew. <laughs> So, yeah, our, at least for our guild, um, there seem to be a lot of Australians. Well, I mean, compared to most of the guilds I've been in. Uh, so you can give us a shot. I don't think you'd be bored. And he also says, anyway, love the show. Keep it up and hopefully still going through when Guild Wars 2 comes out. That, I want to say something about that in a second. P.S. Just thought I'd mention Guardian for the win. Unless there's a class to be revealed that can dual wield pistols, then that class for the win. But still, Guardians kick ass. Okay, so about uh, us lasting until Guild Wars 2 comes out, I was thinking about this. Guildcast right now is at, like, episode 34 or something like that, and we're at episode 29 now. If you really think about that, the first Guildcast got to about 100 episodes or so, and they were talking about Guild Wars while it was out. Are we actually going to top that before Guild Wars 2 even comes out? Holy crap. That is a hell of a hype machine, man. I, you know, where's the paycheck? Anyway, <laughs> props, props to ArenaNet then. Yeah, no kidding. They get people this hyped about a game. That means they're doing something right. Or and they give us crap to talk about. That too. Yeah, yeah, the way they're building the hype for this game is like this is a model to follow. This is like the Obama campaign, man. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh, let's stop there. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we got an email from a guy named JadoCast, and I didn't throw it in the. Um, show outline here. I'm going to try and pull it up. Because he was asking some questions about the demo and how that went, and I was going to save that for Tasha. And I hope she's not sad, but um, as we talked about earlier, Indy has also been in the beta. And I'm also BSing while I pull up this email. The, the demo, not the beta. Right, the demo. Yes, uh, I'm the one who's in the beta. Anyway, <laughs> what's up, guys? <laughs> Long-time listener and first-time e- emailer. Man, this guy used big font. This is nice. I like this. By the way, shout-out to the Kiss Alliance. I noticed that news dries up pretty fast after each profession reveal, and I realized that a lot of information is available that maybe gets glossed over, but is important to many Guild Wars fans. I think I heard that Tiger had a chance to play the demo. It was actually Tasha. So I thought maybe she could answer a few questions based on a little bit of time, based on the little bit of time she was lucky enough to play the demo in. Sorry if any questions are redundant, and if so, can you slap chop me in game? (laughs) 
Okay, so he says, how did aggro work with enemies? I noticed in the demo there doesn't appear to be an aggro bubble on the minimap. How did enemies trigger attack then? Was there any kind of damage or threat meter in the menu selection? Any speculation on that being available to players by launch? So. Was there any what in the menu? Was there any... I must have been reading fast. Threat Threat meter. meter? A a threat? No. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a threat meter. No. No, that's interesting. I mean, I know a lot of games will do that. Like, you're getting close and your radar's going off. But no, I mean, there was nothing like that. Well, there's no tanks, really. I mean, there's, there's actually no aggro table necessarily if it works like guild wars then it's going to be based on how much health and armor you have exactly uh-huh. and the way you tank stuff is through control so there might be a meter that says so and so is slacking and that thing's coming close but you can also just look at the game and see what's going on um but how did the aggro work like if you're walking around and there's an enemy when did they finally decide to come at you i don't know because i went after them <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was I was more intent on, you know, oh, there's, you know, a mob and everything, so running up to him and everything else like that. I can't say I really focused on the aggro as much, you know, because there were so many things. You've got this 45 minutes that you're allowed to play the demo, and, you know, you're looking at, like, oh, customization, what's the world like, the sounds and everything. But as far as, like I said, I was running up to them. So I didn't really, you know, take the time to go ahead and see, well, are they coming at me? I can speak to what other MMOs are like oftentimes, and there's no aggro bubble. Because what happens is your level compared to their level has a huge effect on whether or not they'll come after you. So if you're really low level, then you don't have to be very close at all before they're like, hey, I'm going to come kick your ass. But if you're higher level than them, then they try and stay away. So I wouldn't be surprised if that, I don't know, though. It is kind of a chintzy thing that we've all just gotten used to. And ArenaNet's been pretty good at saying... Yeah, we know you're happy with that, but here, let's uh, show you something a little better. Yeah. Well, with the whole um, uh, sidekick type thing that that's going on, and you being able to go back into lower level areas and having your level and armor and attack scale oh. down, then presumably that means that uh, your aggro is also scaled back down so, so that things do come attack you. So it will probably most likely just be sta- uh, static, the mm-hmm. aggro radius. Yeah. So... If they have murlocs in the game, it's going to be a very big aggro radius. <laughs> I think they're called Quaggan now. Oh, and yeah. And we're murlocs. <laughs> uh, the next thing he says, also, I didn't see any, any enemies on the minimap, like those little red dots in Guild Wars 1. Was there any options to zoom out the minimap and see enemies? Also, could you hold the control key down to see all surrounding enemies close by on the UI or alt to see all local N- NPC names? Oh, man. Maybe I'm not the best person for this. <laughs> we have to reread this for Tasha. Yeah, because it's like, you know, when I was playing the demo, I was like, you know, I'm in the game and everything. I wasn't trying to check out the mechanics like, oh, what's the tab do? What's the alt do? What's the... Because a lot of it is so innate. You know, I'm in the game. I'm playing. I'm trying to figure out where I'm supposed to go, how are quests working, you know, like what skills do I have? What's my armor like? So I wasn't really focused on the mechanics of the game like in that regard. When I like to... So maybe Tasha was, but... <laughs> we'll see if Tasha wants to also do this when she comes back. Yeah. Down. But well, um, can... when I visualize what happens in Guild Wars 2, I oftentimes think, what would it be like if I was in an FPS? Because they seem to be really focused that direction, which I like. They do, actually, yeah. So if I was walking around in an FPS, you wouldn't be able to hold down any button to say someone's around that corner. Um, now, because it was an instanced world and all that, the whole red dots thing is kind of a unique Guild Wars thing. And as far as MMOs go, typically, you can't see anything on the minimap. They want you to deal with things as you see them in-game, 
which is a huge focus of Guild Wars 2, is look at the game, look at the surroundings. Your UI is just there to kind of fine-tune what you know. So I don't and I don't think we're going to see red dots. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they've stated that that uh, you, you won't have the compass or the minimap with red dots because they want you to look and find them yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. Much like and the then, quests. Yeah, absolutely. And then with the um, allied uh, holding down out to see all the allies, uh, as we learned uh, or had reiterated last week or the week before, there is no direct um, ally targeting So you, because there are mm-hmm. no direct um, ally heals. So for combat, at least, there's no point in trying to click on, on an ally um, to, exactly. to buff them or whatever. It'll be more like area of effect, yeah. Yeah. Free at last! Free at last! I don't know how that changes in outposts or towns. If you're trying to trade with someone, presumably you do have to be able to click on them to select them. But in combat, it's a different story. They'll give you exactly. an outpost skill, and you show up, and when you press it, your guy goes, Somebody talk to me! <laughs> I thought I saw on the... um. Well, you you can click on people, because you need to select them and click on them to... To resurrect them. That, isn't that I, that's I, a proximity skill, isn't it? So you just go close and hit F. Yeah, exactly. It's proximity. Oh, okay. I really think that there's actually going to be zero clicking on anything but enemies in this game. So because there's no quests, there's no need to be able to click on NPCs. Maybe possible. I know because in the demo, that chick walked into the bar and the person at the bar started talking to her. Of course, maybe yep. that was triggered by just coming close. Who knows? And the bartender said, you're going to love my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and he says, in some of the YouTube videos, Peep showed off some of the menus, including traits. So I was wondering if there was a quick build option that allows you to save certain skills, builds, attributes, and traits, etc. One of the coolest functions in Guild Wars is the menu that allows you to load and save builds quickly. I will say that we've talked about this a lot, and I know Tasha had nothing to say to that regard. And it seemed like those windows were very Guild Wars 1-ish. So that may have been a temp thing. Yeah, see, I mean, people have to remember the demo that we saw was very focused. It wasn't, we didn't have the entire game. We didn't have all the full mechanics that the game's going to have. It was very focused to give you a taste of, well, here's what your starter area is going to be like. Here's what, uh, you know, your your quests are going to be like. Here's what the battle with the big monster is going to be like. So it was more about immersion than, so, I mean, some of that stuff, you know, it could be in the game. But what they were doing was very focused in terms of like demonstrating it for the public. So I will say so that like, I do support the the idea of doing this very much, and I've said that before. Please. Yeah. And he says, and finally, was there a sprint key like Age of Conan, or did you notice any sprint skills? Again, yeah, you're gonna have to read this for Tasha. Um, I like I said, I was just. I only got to play it once. I know that there were a lot of other people who were there who got in line like two and three times to run through it because literally that's what it would have required to go ahead and just focus on each area of the game like that. Like what kind of customization can I do, you know, or so, yeah. I think with this I actually have something to say about sprinting. Okay. okay. Um, one of the boons we know is speed. So there's a speed boon mm-hmm. yeah. that you'll be able to acquire I rolled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tiger's right. And the fact that the boons are accessible to every profession. Uh, except except for, for Aegis. Aegis, Aegis. You say Aegis, I say... Never mind. Um, I think then that means that sprints will be something you can just work into a skill. 
But mm, it would be nice if it was inherent, just like jumping and resurrecting and stuff, but it doesn't sound like it'll be. The only other hint we've had with that regard is the char animation, the way uh, when you're running, they put their weapons, they, you know, holster their weapons, and then they run on all fours. I couldn't tell from videos if they were running any faster or not, but it was certainly a cool so. little animation. I think it's just a flavor thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then he says, you're a fan, TJ, a.k.a. Jadocast, in-game name. That was his in-game name. Right. A proud member of the KISS Alliance. P.S. The Pew Pew class could be called the Musketeer. And uh, if they're, if that is the case, I will need two other friends so that we can... I'm going nowhere. That was a bad <laughs> joke. Just going to stop there. <laughs> we got a call from... And I, I didn't catch what this guy's name was. Maybe you guys can help me. Let me pull it up. Um, can you repeat the what? part of this? What? <laughs> Freaking butt cheek. All right, here we go. God dang it. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that stupid bollocks. All right. Hey, Ryan and crew. This is Valcor Dreamling. I was hearing you talk about uh, Zaitan and his Orion Undead Navy the other week. I thought, holy crap, zombie pirates. The solution, the only possible solution, a Surin robot ninjas. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Uh, yeah, so he said basically when we were talking about Zaitan and he has those Orion like pirate, um, yeah, undead pirate type dudes. Yeah, they're pirates. So we have pirates versus ninjas. Yeah, exactly. That would be cool, though. I actually believe they're called ninja or not ninjas, uh, pirates <laughs> in um, Edge of Destiny. Mm. Swashbucklers. I heard the word quite a few times. Quite a few times. Arr. Uh, I'm cold. We got an iTunes comment from Jonathan Bonura. I hope I'm saying that right. Sounds Spanish to me, but I'm not sure. Anyway, he says, I listened to this while walking to campus, and it has me chuckling the entire way. This is kind of creepy to people around me, but the entertainment value is worth it. For those interested in Guild Wars 2, it goes over all the updates and information coming out from ArenaNet, and discusses the impact the game will have on the MMO community as a whole. The host also does a good job of surrounding himself with professional and helpful co-hosts so that he can focus on running the show instead of providing helpful information. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think you just got burned. I did. (laughs) A great listen and a must for any interested in staying up to date on Guild Wars. By that, he means the co-hosts, not me. I love that. That's good. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> so, okay, Relics is also compiling a Guild Wars community list, so any Guild Wars online resources out there, get in touch with us at relicsoforr at gmail.com. I hate saying R twice like that. I feel like an idiot. Uh, our Guild Wars guild is also recruiting, so Sierra Forms for the application process. If you have an, a guild that you want to get in the Alliance, I apologize, but we are now full. Uh, iTunes comments, as you can see, we read them on the show, even when you burn me, you bastards. Swag is now on the Zazzle store. You can go to the website at relicsofore.com, and up in the top left, there's a merchandise link. And we now also have an email link on there, because I was notified. Someone was like, I didn't know how to email you. Uh, Yeah, so there's that, even though I've already said it just now. This is great. Where am I going? Donate button. We have a donate button. Uh, you can donate to us. I would be very happy about that. The Where that would go to is equipment, so that maybe I wouldn't have to be in the car. And I could actually get my own laptop instead of continuing to borrow from a friend. Uh, that sort of thing. And then after that, you know, co-hosts help them buy some better microphones, better computers, that sort of thing. Which, that's kind of a pipe dream, considering I haven't made any money on this. Do you feel guilty yet? 
Anyway, you can get a hold of us. I'm not serious. I mean, I'm doing this show because I love it. But if you want to support us, that's awesome. Also, buying merchandise does that. You can get a hold of us, or you can send MP3s at relicsofor at gmail.com, preferably MP3s or OGGs. Call us also at 708-202-9262. I swear to God, I won't turn you into a chipmunk from here forward, people. We're on Twitter and Facebook. Just look for Relics of Ore. That's the handle. And you can also join us on the forums to participate in the crazy discussions that we have. And uh, I may have to lock down that forum soon because it's starting to get really chuck full. And we've already had the obligatory, like, who's the prettier woman thread. And that's that's going to come if we let the wrong people in. <laughs> um, by the way, I have to say Zoe Deschanel obviously wins that. We're looking for a few more bloggers. Um, if you're interested in that, uh, just send me an email. Let me know. We're looking for audio snippets and intros from community members. So uh, whether you want to participate in improving our sequels scuttlebutt segment, which sucks, but you can do that. Or you can send something in that just says, you know, like, uh, my name is uh, PJ Matson, and you're listening to Relics of Horse. She would sound a lot cooler saying that. We also have Pi Day upcoming, which is being organized by Tasha and Synthesis, also known as Aquila Haslin in-game. Um, that's going to be fun, March 13th, unless you're, you live in the other hemisphere where it's the wrong season. <sighs> I'm getting hyperventilating here. And at the end of the show, I'm going to play some music from a German band called Kintal. Don't try and look up what that word means. It came to uh, one of the artists there. It came to them in a dream. Pretty, pretty cool stuff, though. Very kind of progressive rock synthesis mashup combination and then we want to give a big thanks to guild fans guild wars guru arena net doghouse systems and of course you guys the listeners oh and also to dave drashel for this computer uh wheel of morality right wheel of morality turn 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 tell us the lesson that we should learn uh the hardness of butter is directly proportional to the softness of the bread (laughs) that is true that's so true mine comes from a friend named richard carlson uh, he made this joke up and it's really good. Okay, so here goes. The world's newest and best pickup line is, Damn, girl, you got a Mubarak. I'll give you time to think about that because it's an ass that won't quit. Hey, everybody, just wanted to also hop in and let you know that uh, last weekend, Smithy, a good friend of the show, became a dad. Uh, his son, Cal, is good and healthy, so cheers to you, sir. Now get back on the show, you slacker. It's time for the weekly mashup. This is where we play you the best bits from previous episodes because you were too busy. A. Asking your car dealer for a serious airbag. B. Betting on whether or not we'd get a preview of the Dervish update. C. Clearing and re-rolling your ranger to make room for a dervish. And D. Dying of happiness like Chaz at the dervish preview. This is Chaz from www.totalserial.com. Um, at the conclusion, you get a new hero, Kieran Thackeray, and he's a paragon. WTF. Yeah. Now for something completely different. No, but, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just, like, starting to get alive because the, the Ritalin's kicked in. Whammel. Whammo. <laughs> he said Whammel. Hey, Chuck. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought you said Hicks. I'm like, what, does Hicks have, what do Hicks have to do with this? Hey, that was a nice wedding we had there. Goats of, As- Goats of-, Goats of Ascalon? Ghosts of Ascalon. Goats, Goats of Ascalon. <laughs> do not vaccinate animals. I think I'm confusing something there. What? <laughs> There's mercury in that.
It's the first time I used mint, and I, I peed my pants. <laughs> anyway, enough talking about soiling ourselves. Limes float. That is good news. Next time I'm in, a, I'm in a boat and it capsizes, I will reach for a lime. I am saved by the buoyancy of citrus. And he's all, come on, guys. Jeez. So finally I was all, what are you in a hurry for? You got a Manny Petty to get to or what? Speaking of fingernail hair, though, um, I'm getting a 3D TV. That really doesn't tie together, but I was out of segues. <laughs> I'd love the idea of a mess with pistols. That'd be awesome. Illusionary pew pew. Too, but every time I saw a male human, it was like Chuck Norris and Aquaman in one. Ryan, I have something I need to tell you. What's that? And it's something kind of bad, and you're probably going to hate me and like, cut me out of this show entirely for it. I did start well. Oh, God.